the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 12th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On July 12, 1909, the House of Representatives joined the Senate in passing the 16th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That allowed for a federal income tax. Submitted it to the states. It took a while, back to about seven years, but it was finally declared ratified in February of 1913. Today in 1543, England's King Henry VIII, he married his sixth wife, Catherine Parr. Catherine would be his last wife, his sixth one. What a guy. Today in 1812, the United States forces led by General William Hull, they entered Canada during the War of 1812 against Britain. That did not seem to be the right thing, so they very shortly thereafter, they retreated to Detroit. Today in 1862, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill authorizing the Army Medal of Honor. Today in 1974, President Richard Nixon signed a measure creating the Congressional Budget Office. Today in 1984, Democrat presidential candidate Walter Mondale, he announced that Geraldine Ferraro of New York, she was a congresswoman, would be his running mate. Ferraro was the first woman to run for vice president on a major party ticket. Today in 2003, the USS Ronald Reagan, first carrier named for a living president, was commissioned in Norfolk, Virginia. And today in 2016, with hugs, handshakes, and kisses, Bernie Sanders endorsed Hillary Clinton for president. They appeared together in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Boy politics creates strange bedfellows, doesn't it? There's an article out this morning from Media 50. They're not a conservative organization. They're pushing for globalism and coming together and saving the earth and so on. But scientists, quote-unquote, are predicting the world's population will hit 8 billion this year. In fact, they're suggesting that it will probably hit 8 billion on November the 15th of this year. I found it interesting. I don't know if that's correct or not, but they're projecting that the U.S. by November of this year the U.S. will have 334.8 million people living here. The U.K. will have 68.5 million. Brazil will have 215 million. Saudi Arabia will have 216.7 million. India will have 1.406 billion. China will have 1.448 billion people. On November 15th, 2022. Don't know if that's true or not, but it is true that they are projecting that today. They go on to make the case that we're going to soon be 
overpopulated and we must conserve, we must reorder our lives and we must save the planet and we must worship the planet, I suppose, is buried in the story somewhere. But nonetheless, interesting numbers coming out. President Biden was in Ohio the other day, and I mentioned this in passing, but I want to come back to it just for a moment. In Ohio, I'm quoting him. He said, quote, just last week, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim in Ohio, 10 years old, and she was forced to travel out of state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency. I'm correct. I'm correctly quoting him. To seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. He meant the pregnancy, but he never corrected himself. He said that she was seeking to terminate the presidency. Well, a lot of people are seeking to maybe terminate his presidency. Even the New York Times has turned on him. Now they've run a, uh, a series of stories, seven of them, that are very clear message to Joe Biden to please back off. And they're one of his strongest allies in the past. There are those seeking to terminate the presidency, but that isn't what he meant to say. But anyway, that's a quote. Continuing, he acknowledged afterwards that he did not have science to back up what he said. He never mentioned the fact that he was talking about terminating the presidency. But he did say that he he admitted that he didn't have any science to back up the fact that he had said that the, the pregnancy could kill the little girl. Well, anything can kill someone, I suppose. So he acknowledged, he said, that was my own judgment call. He said, I didn't have any science to back that up. But in his speech, and he got very passionate about this. He was pounding the, the lectern as best he could. And he was saying, 10 years old, raped, six weeks pregnant, already traumatized, was forced to travel to another state. You can see where this is going. He was angry, and he, he, I mean, he was physically upset, visually upset. He feels strongly about this, apparently. I mean, he really does believe that abortion, I mean, he must believe it. He acts like he does, that it's a virtue of some kind. I mean, it's one of the highest virtues of life is abortion in his mind. He said, I'm serious. Imagine being that little girl. Just imagine being that little girl. The problem with that is that the report about the 10-year-old girl can't be verified by anybody. The report stems from the Columbus Dispatch. They were quoting Dr. Caitlin Bernard. She's a doctor who conducts abortions. That's her business, her industry, in Indiana. She claimed she received a call from a child abuse doctor in Ohio about a girl who was six weeks and three days pregnant she may have filled in some of the other details that were just filled in because they seem to be right. Ohio has banned abortions for women over six weeks pregnant. So the story fits the law, but they're having a hard time hooking it up with the truth. The girl, the dispatch reported, based on their telephone call with this abortion doctor. The girl was soon on her way to Indiana so she could be cared for by Dr. Bernard, meaning an abortion 
Dr. Bernard now has refused to share any details. She said, well, that's private between the doctor and, and the patient and so on. But even the news outlets and the fact checkers who are clearly leftists are coming back and saying, boy, there's no evidence of anything like this happening. It's very, very interesting. Yesterday on Fox News Channel's Jesse Waters primetime, Jesse had Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. He's a Republican. He had him on his program for part of a segment. They were discussing the claims of this 10-year-old rape victim in Ohio who had to travel to Indiana to obtain an abortion because Ohio law, it's very um, damaging to people who want abortion, obviously. And so Jesse Waters was asking this Attorney General Dave Yost about this, and uh, he said there's not been a whisper, that's his word, from local law enforcement anywhere in the state about an investigation into anything that's even close to this particular issue as it's described. He said that in a case like this, he said, I'm quoting the Attorney General of, of uh, the state, He said, in a case like this, you would be looking for DNA analysis, and there is no case request for analysis that looks anything like this. He said the Ohio Crime Lab, that his office runs it, and I mean, they're over it, and does most of Ohio's DNA analysis. Waters asked him, he said, so Dave, have you had anybody come to you in your state to say, we're looking into this, a police report was filed or anything? Yost's response was, and I'm quoting from their the, the text of what they were saying, he said, not a whisper, and we work closely with the, um, he said, we have a decentralized law enforcement system in Ohio, but we have regular contact with prosecutors and local police and sheriffs, not a whisper anywhere. He said something maybe even more telling, Jesse, is my office runs the, straight, the state crime lab. Any case like this, you're going to have a rape kit, you're going to have biological evidence, you would be looking for DNA analysis, which we do most of the DNA analysis for Ohio. This is no, there is no a case request for analysis that looks anything like this. Then he added this. He said, it's also the fact that in Ohio, the rape of a 10-year-old means life in prison. He said, I know our prosecutors and cops in the state There's not one of them that wouldn't be turning over every rock in their jurisdiction if they had the slightest hint that this had actually occurred. Pretty amazing stuff, but we live in a day of deception. Deception is everywhere. You can hardly hardly believe anything you hear on the news. And I, I don't mean to be cynical or critical or negative, but man, Only 11% of people in America believe what they read in the newspaper anymore. 11%. We live in a time when the truth is, is, is very elusive. If you don't know the truth himself, Jesus Christ, if we're not basing our lives on the word of God and on God's truth, God's unchanging truth, eternal truth, It is so easy to be led astray. God gives us a spirit of discernment, and we can can know these things. I don't mean that in a mystic or 
mysterious way. I just mean that that's a gift from God, and God gives us all a, a, a measure of discernment. And some others, perhaps some more than others, depending on maybe what they're doing or, or so on. But God gives us those gifts. And this is a time to exercise and, and be prayerful and look at things that are happening in the world through the prism of God's Word, through that lens. And that clarifies, and it helps, and it guides, and it directs, and it gives us a sense of, of just kind of knowing. And the Holy Spirit will direct our thoughts and our minds and our actions, and we'll know if we want to know, if we want the truth, and if we want to know what God is saying and what is true and what is false in this crazy, convoluted world that we ended up living in. I mean, sin has been with us from the beginning. But I have not seen in my lifetime, and I'm over 40, I've not seen this kind of, of, of just intensified deception in the culture. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we have the answers on this program, but I am suggesting that God does. He has all the answers. And to the best of our ability, each day, we try to bring that to you from God's perspective. Yes, I have opinions, and I'm not timid in sharing them. But the most important thing that we talk about is what God thinks, and what God says, and what God is doing, as best we can discern that. I want to thank you for supporting that effort. I've been in the ministry my entire adult life. And I've seen a lot of things come and go, and we've been involved, we've been blessed to be involved with thousands of people over our lifetime. It's an honor. I'm humbled. But I will tell you, I've never felt more strongly about anything that I've done as God has directed our steps than this at this time. So when I say that I appreciate your support, there are not adequate words to properly communicate how deeply I appreciate it. I feel very strongly about this. It would be very difficult if I felt this strongly and couldn't do what we're doing on this day-to-day -day basis. You make it possible. I've said this, and people sort of say this back to me once in a while in a joking way, a friendly, loving, joking way. But it's true. If it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here. So thank you so much. We need your support. I outlined the other day a, a, a one-time need that we have. We've had to do some legal work because people, more and more people are using the phrase faith and freedom. And I mean, all over the place. I won't go, go into the many ways it's being used, but it just wasn't being used as a phrase back in you know 2004 I think it was when when we incorporated but anyway we've had to make some legal changes and so on and it's cost uh, some money over a period of months and so we have a one time it's a little over 8000 it's about $8300 and so if you could help with that I'm just giving it to you probably the last time I'll mention it but we do need your help and would be deeply appreciated some of you could Take care of that if you felt the Lord led you to do so. Others could do part of it or whatever. It's a one-time expense. It's not part of our monthly budget. 
And it's not a surprise. I knew it was coming, and we're just there now. And so I'm leaving it with you. Pray about it. But thank you for your regular monthly support that allows us to continue doing what we're doing. These are incredibly, incredibly trying times. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, 98009. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, the Bible says, Paul wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Translated to modern English from the King James, that means exactly what it says. Walk circumspectly. Don't don't be drawn in by the fools of this world. Be wise. Redeem the time because the days are evil. In other words, do things that count. Don't get caught up in a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't mean anything. Don't get caught up in a bunch of stuff that doesn't amount to anything or take you anywhere except where you don't want to go. Put priorities on how you spend your time and how you live your life and do the things that are wise and godly. Redeem the time because time needs to be redeemed in this culture in which we live today. Psalm 121, the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. When we work in that context of redeeming the time and doing the things that are really of importance and kind of sloughing off the things that aren't, then we find ourselves seeing the Lord preserve us from evil. That's the escape, if you please. It's our protection. The Lord will preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth, even forevermore. Just stay in what you feel and what you know is important to God. If you have any doubt as to the direction that public education is going in America, boy, I'll tell you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes. This should clear up your mind. The president of the largest teachers union in the United States called abortion a fundamental freedom at their national convention. She vowed to defend the right to choose after warning of what she called a radicalized Supreme Court. No, they're constitutionalized. She says they're radicalized. They had their annual meeting, the National Education Association, NEA. She promised to protect the students. That caught my attention. Who's she protecting our children from? (laughs) And from what? I want to talk to you for a few minutes about that this morning. More than 6,000 delegates gathered, both in person and virtually, at the 2022 NEA Representative Assembly. They met in Chicago this year. Concluded last Wednesday. Several measures were ultimately passed. There was a range of hot-button topics, but the main thing that surfaced there was reproductive rights and LGBTQ protections. NEA President Becky Pringle 
she was very clear with her message to the teachers, to the parents, and to the Americans in general. In fact, she kind of schooled America on what education was really all about. And surprisingly or not surprisingly, it has little to nothing to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic, as they used to say. The NEA press release includes her remarks. I put that in an article that I wrote today on faithandfreedom.us. It begins with, you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world if you have to do it all the time. Then she quotes Marxist activist, this Angela Davis. I don't know if you're old enough to remember her, but you probably are. Um, She was once on the FBI's most wanted list for her involvement in the murder of a judge. She was later acquitted of murder charges. I'll come back to that for a moment, but here's what Becky Pringle had to say. She's the president of the NEA. She said this, quote, For half a century, the writer and educator, Professor Angela Davis, has called upon this nation to bring its practices into full alignment with its promises, to create a society where equity and justice are the rules, not the exception. After a lifetime of struggle, this longtime activist has not abandoned hope. She continues to believe this nation will one day develop the capacity to transform boundaries into bridges, NEA as the bridge builders for 50 million public school students, and with the rights of so many Americans at risk, we must share that view that Professor Davis holds dear. I continue to quote the president of the NEA. Whether it is a mind, a heart, a school, a community, or our world, transformation is always possible. She talks about NEA being a bridge, public education being a bridge. Where in the world is this woman trying to take American public education and the 50 million kids that are deposited in those little dumpy classrooms every day? And if she should have her way and her will, and she's determined to do so, where will this bridge take our children? Where will it take our nation, our culture? Pringle says we have known since the 2016 election that this day would come, we could, we would feel the effects of a radicalized Supreme Court issuing decisions that do not reflect the views and the values of the majority of Americans. We knew, I'm quoting her, the ground had shifted and the stage had been set to move us further away from the promise of America for all Americans. While addressing these issues on abortion, she also fit in prayer in schools. Can't have that. We've got to understand that we got to separate church and state far, far away. So state will never hear even the, the, the distant voice of someone praying. We've got to do this. School vouchers, no, we can't have that. LGBTQ rights, yes. Yes, we've got to be committed to preserving their rights. And on and on she went. And, of course, she was all over the upcoming elections. <laughs> Ms. Pringle promised, we say gay, we say trans. She was specifically referring to Florida's parental rights on education law, prohibiting sexual orientation or gender identity curricula in kindergarten through third grade. Anybody with any common sense knows that kindergarten through third grade kids don't need to be introduced to all of these drag, these old men trying to act like women. They don't need that. They shouldn't have that. God didn't design them to be exposed to that at any point, but particularly 
in the most formative years. And these people know that. And I don't know about about this the president, Miss Pringle, but I know that some of the gay activists, they know exactly what they're doing, and they're grooming those children. And it's child abuse in its rarest, most offensive form. But Pringle also vowed to leverage the NEA's considerable political clout to hold lawmakers accountable. Well, accountable to what? Accountable to her agenda. And these 50 million kids that they hold hostage. She vowed to leverage their considerable political clout by saying, quote, if you stand against our students, we will stand against you. If you vote against our educators, we will vote against you. This November, if you get in the way of our progress toward a more just nation, we will get in the way of your election. Ambiguity is not one of her gifts, I'll tell you for sure. She's pretty straightforward with what she wants and what she can get. She's full of herself, of course. But as I read the text of her speech and the text of other business matters that they covered, a couple of things struck my mind. First, her most elevated hero seems to be, without question, activist Angela Davis. I understand that she would be a follower of Angela Davis, but I was surprised that she would make it so public. Angela Davis, except to the far, far, far left, is not exactly a hero. The New York Times reported back in 1972 that Angela Davis was a member of the Communist Party and owned the sawed-off shotgun that was used to murder a Marin County judge who was being held hostage. The Times went into great detail, says the charges uh, against her were lodged late in August of 1970, shortly after Jonathan Jackson, 17, smuggled guns into a Marin County courtroom in San Rafael, California, and armed three black convicts. They then attempted to escape by using a judge and assistant district attorney and three women jurors as hostages. In the process of this, they taped this shotgun to this judge, and as they were trying to escape, the gun went off or somebody pulled the trigger and killed the judge. And I mean, it was a horrible thing that happened. And the guns, according to the New York Times at the time, were registered to Angela Davis. And she is the hero on which the leader of the NEA is marching in her parade. Boy, I'll tell you, Miss Davis, she was eventually acquitted. But boy, she was... I mean, a lot of people thought, how did she get out of that? National Education Association is the nation's largest professional employee organization. It represents more than 3 million elementary and secondary teachers, higher education faculty, the whole thing. But in closing, Becky Pringle said, look up, NEA. You get to be champions for our students. But her speech had little to nothing to do about the children and their commitment to fully other than their commitment to fully indoctrinating them on abortion and LGBTQ plus agenda, blah, blah, blah. Look up, NEA, to get to defend our democracy, she says in her closing remarks of her speech. Look up, NEA, the sun is still shining. We will not be defeated. We will never give up. We will never give in. Every day, all day, we will stay centered in the work that we've been called to do together. Every day, all day, we will embrace our resistance as joy. Well, the work they've been called to, quote unquote, is to indoctrinate and destroy our children. 
Becky's bridge, it seems, leads to full-time activism rather than gainful employment. Hers is a bridge to nowhere but the rocky shores of the sirens in Homer's epic poem. Thank you so much for being with me. It's always an honor. I'll look forward to seeing you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.